Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, October 10th, and we are happy to be joined by our pal Sam from the Absent Friend Shadowcast today. Good evening, good ah, evening. I was, this morning before I left, I was like, oh, he better do that thing he always does that <laughs> makes I it. certainly did. It wouldn't be the same otherwise. No. We're like, you can't be here unless you do the bit, basically. Obviously, obviously. <laughs> well, thank you for having me with you guys today. Of course. Mm-hmm. He does it every morning. He wakes up and he sits up like a old-timey Ooh. zombie or old-timey Dracula. Similar, though, in a way. Very, very <laughs> similar. Yeah, yeah. I'm more zombie-ish in the morning, perfectly. I, I can't do the, like, full-on, you know, the Dracula rise, whatever you would call it. The Dracula rise is probably what you'd call it. I think so. Yes. I, I can't do better than that. Was that so. the name of your band in college? <laughs> oh, it ought to be. And Dracula fries was, I would eat it all the time, and it's it's just ketchup on fries. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's Clever. just normal. <laughs> Clever yeah, marketing. I you know. And I, I don't actually eat ketchup, but, you know, when, when you call it Dracula fries, I'm like, what? just let's hear him out of course it's a different situation altogether (laughs) i have to bring this up before i forget because it's uh not even movie adjacent but just something i did that might make sam jealous oh boy Mm. gwen and i went to the nac for their best of broadway montage night yes did you go see that no but i i was wanting to stalk the stage door to see uh mr crawford so crawford the night we went i don't know if they did this all the time there was two phantoms there What? Yes. One was a big husky Gaston from Beauty and the Beast looking guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mr. Crawford. That was Crawford? No. Okay. Yes. Great and show one to... was a more veteran. He said he'd done it thousands of times. Yes. And he was like a silver fox, John Slattery looking madman guy. Yes, indeed. Do you know who that guy was? Yeah, I'm not sure who he is. I did read up about him quickly. And yes, he did play the Phantom for some time on Broadway, but I was much more familiar with Ben Crawford as I've seen him play The Phantom twice on Broadway before it closed. And yeah, no, he was fantastic. He was fantastic. They did a song together. Nice, that was my next question. Which was really cool because it made it seem like a modern gay phantoms singing (laughs) at each other romantically. Amazing. Mm. And they were all in. It was good. It was was very interesting how it played out because it was two guys in suits looking at each other in the eyes singing. and singing this yes yeah it was wearing really the mask great. i hope yes. both of them they had the mask. wearing the mask okay that's good. what i was Bastards. upset about i had to know bastard and it's not like a hard makeup job <laughs> no just, just the mask, the mask. Yeah. yes but gwen and i through a strange turn of events had front row seats amazing what? whoa wait you waited a while to tell us that part so i've learned this this is my new trick i've learned sometimes they make mistakes at the nac <laughs> oh no so when you're buying your tickets click cheapest tickets and i was expecting all of the the, the, the nosebleeds yes <laughs> to go up so it was the nosebleeds and the front row and i was like huh interesting so i click on the front row on top of it it was i got an email from them saying they were doing a special buy one get one free night wow oh. they're not good at this so yeah <laughs> so i got two front row tickets for an accumulative $31. Come That's on. outrageous. Come on. And by the time I got them, they were gone too fast for me to warn any of my friends that of these course. were out there. And somebody said they thought it might have been because there was bad acoustics. And I am not an expert on this, but it sounded fine to me. But it was so strange in that we were front row, house left. I could hear the stage manager go, okay, send them out. Like, huh. I could hear that. Huh. And they were close enough that I was like, 
do they ever have problems with security? Because we're right here. <laughs> like we're there's yeah, and dummies must put their drinks on the stage and spill them. Are you allowed to bring drinks in? You can drink. You really? Can drink. Yeah. Gwen okay. Got, oh. Gwen got booze. NAC oh expensive gosh. NAC booze. All that money you saved on tickets. You know, <laughs> she spent more on booze than we spent on tickets. I think. Is Which what is how it should saying. be. That's yeah. how it should be. Yeah. It makes it totally. sound dramatic, but that was probably just two drinks, really. Like and our in the friend, modern age. Our friend Fred works there, and that night he was doing follow spot. Okay. And he said, turn around and wave. And I did, and he hit me. And so that's how close to the stage we were, is that he could hit me with his follow spot. So we couldn't see... Once I went to a hockey game with rich seats because somebody had them. Okay. And if I was a sports fan and could pick any seat in the world, I wouldn't pick those seats. Because we were front row, right behind the Senators. But... You couldn't see anything past center ice. Everything back there was just a mystery. Not seen, yes. And that was kind of like this. If this had been a Broadway show, we would miss some of the show. The show, yes, of course. Because we could see the orchestra right in front of us perfectly. We could not see the back, the back the stage, or anything. No. But it was really fun. And as soon as the two Phantoms came out, we thought of you. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes. And I think traditionally, from what I remember from my theatrical background, is... If you're going to see a show or a concert, you need to try to get the mezzanine or the balcony. Yeah. Because that's where you get to see the entirety of the stage, the lighting design, the set design, the costume design, the orchestra, if it's on stage versus in the pit. And the acoustics are apparently better. But I mean, if you're there for a concert, you're there for the music, right? I mean, you're not there for the lighting design, which I mean, sure, I guess you could be, but... Who's to turn that down? That's amazing. And it was fun just if we never do it again to be front row at the NAC yeah. and look around and be like, ah, you're all rich people. That's <laughs> amazing. You've all paid $110 a ticket. Or they were really they were like thrifty. Me. Yes. Yeah. One or the other. So I can Definitely. do that every time now. Cheapest I, tickets. <laughs> I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to take you up on that at some point. It happened once to us a couple years ago, and our friend was quicker than I was. She emailed and said, There's four dollar Book of Mormon tickets. What? And I found out through the people I know who work at the NAC Grapevine, it was pure data entry human error where the ticket should have been $74 or whatever. Yes. And they put in $4 and put it out to the world. And then people were like, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. And so we got for real $4 tickets. <sighs> to the Book of Mormon. To the Book of Mormon. And we were mid orchestra back kind of thing. That's fab. That's fabulous. Yeah. That's amazing. So so now and I, and then I'm like, I kind of feel bad if someone got in trouble, but I'm like, you got to no. take advantage of this. You yeah. absolutely do. You don't have time to feel bad. No. They no. must have lost so much off of that error. Like, yeah. not, not that, you know, I'm sure they did okay and it maybe is a one night only mistake, but yeah. still. I'm sure they probably caught on pretty quickly. I would hope. After Josh, it's always yeah. him. And it's he's it is. To hit people off. <laughs> but it's like if you go into a store and by mistake, I don't know, a chair is listed as $5 instead of $105. You, ha- you bring that to. tag to oh, the manager yes. and you're like, I want my chair. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So what was your favorite tune from that night? The most interesting thing, to be more on topic of a movie, so they performed songs from Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. Yes. But it was songs I did not recognize because I know the trick, and this goes both ways. If you're doing a Broadway show based on an existing movie, Mm -hmm. you write a couple of new songs because you want to try to get a Tony nomination. Of course. And if you're doing a Broadway show 
into a movie, you do the reverse. You write a couple of new songs because you want Oscar nominations. And I know they did that recently with the live-action Aladdin, Little Mermaid. With any musical film, they do yeah. that. Yes. And if the composer and lyricist are still around... Like, I believe Alan Menken for Little Mermaid, they say, you want to do one more song and try to get another award? <laughs> for sure. So that was the weird thing, because I have not seen Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin on stage, and those songs are so familiar to me. And I was like, I don't know these songs. They sang the Broadway songs from those two animated Broadway musicals. Fantastic. Yeah. Fanta and, then, and would you go see Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin? I would, yeah. Yeah not disney but we went to see anastasia yes and what's coming up i think frozen is coming up les miserables is also oh yeah coming up. Ooh, we, saw, we saw a school of rock very cool which was very good and i do not have tickets yet so i hope i'm not out of luck but hairspray is coming up in november. yes in november that's right has it always been when did you know everyone says hollywood's not original <laughs> but broadway very much the past generation or so the hits yes. are Disney, School of Rock, even stuff, I'm trying to think of more, like Wedding Singer. Um, Wedding Singer? What? They did a Broadway? They did, yeah. What? Uh, Back to the Future and yes. Beetlejuice are out right now, and both are supposed to be very good. I hear Beetlejuice flopped. Oh, did yeah. it really? I hear that that's oh. what happened. But, I mean, what flops on Broadway might not flop in the world. Yeah. But, yes, they've been taking movies and making them into into musicals. For instance, Hairspray. Yeah. They did it with Crybaby as well. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and Hairspray is happening. It's a thing. Yeah. It's very <laughs> popular. It's a very popular show. And in the 70s, it was a bunch of stuff, right? Because you had... Hair, Jesus Christ Superstar, a number of shows became movies. Fiddler on the Roof. Fiddler on the Roof, of course. Yeah. Of course. Rocky. Rocky, yeah. Of course. Anytime somebody says anything about Hollywood, Broadway, whatever, being unoriginal, I'm like, no, it's always been unoriginal. Like, it depends. The Wizard of Oz that we all know mm. was not the first Wizard no, of Oz. No, I think it was the sixth or seventh. So that's always my go-to example of yes. like, when you're mad that there's another Spider-Man movie, I'm like... No, there was seven Wizard of Oz's. <laughs> it's true. and But who remembers them, right? And they were yeah. all, well, Wizard of Oz specifically, they were all silent. Right. And as a matter of fact, I believe they were produced and directed by L. Frank Baum, who was the author of the Wizard of Oz books. And the one we know is the only one that he wasn't really involved with. My mom has a great story of having seen Wizard of Oz a number of times on TV when she was a kid. Yes. Born in 56. And I think they re-ran it Maybe at Thanksgiving, Easter? It was like a constant thing, like every once a year. That's how that's how it got popular, actually, yeah. because theatrically it was a flop as well, yes. And then eventually she got to see it on the big screen, and it blew her mind because there's no part when watching it on a black and white TV <laughs> does a footnote come up and go, this part should be in color. Fair. She just thought going to Oz was, oh, there's witches and lions. Yeah. It's and still stuff. fun in black so, and white. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, that's the world. But then to see that, say it was the fourth or fifth time she saw it, and all of a sudden, bam, Like color. her jaw dropped, I'm sure. It must oh, have been outrageous. Yeah, yeah that would have just outrageous. blown my mind. Or imagine back in 1939 when you walk into this movie and yeah. out of nowhere it's yeah. full on technical. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of people probably had not seen color at all, I would imagine. No, I think it was the first big production that was in color. I think Gone with the Wind afterwards was the first one that was entirely in color. But yeah, no, very amazing. It yeah. must have been mind-blowing. It's so crazy. I always laugh at every time there's a new technology, the people in the midst of it stick their nose in the air and go, 
We don't need talkies. People love silent film. For sure. We don't need color. People are fine with black and white. Obviously. And as we keep on going, every time there's something, a detractor, like, oh, TV's going to kill movie theaters. Yes. That's how it goes all along. Constantly. And, you know, now it's like Netflix is going to kill movie theaters. Or, God, 25 years ago, it was like video games are going to kill movie theaters. And we just keep hanging in there. You VHS know? is going to kill the movie theaters. Oh, oh my yes. God. The cable is one of my favorites. Like they were running ads at movie theaters being like, don't go with pay TV. It's it's going to ruin everything. You wouldn't want that. Why would you want to pay for a TV? You know, free TV <laughs> yeah. is fine. And now in retrospect, you're like, well, and well, and God, and now with streaming and everything, it's, it's come. Who's got cable? Circle. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's so funny to see that, that like, that's the boogeyman is like, oh, you don't want, you're good with your five channels. You don't want to pay for additional crazy content, you know? When sheet music started getting made, published for the unwashed masses, people who ran theaters and orchestras panicked because at the time, having a guitar or a junky piano at home was a bit more common. And they were like, well, they can just do it at home now. Nobody's going to come to the orchestra. And it's the exact same fear of VHS tapes where they're like, oh, no, people are just going to stay at home. And not come. Yeah, fair enough. But here we are. And nonetheless... Movies like Ghostbusters, E.T., Return of the Jedi were all in the heat of video stores. And now it's gone. I can't believe how that business is just gone. gone. Absolutely. It's very sad. And it's it was very sad. so part of our lives if you're of a certain age of like, it's Saturday night. Mom's bringing me to the video store and we're going to drive to it and we're going to spend 45 minutes looking for a movie. And then we're going to go home, and then we're going to have to bring it back the next day. And then just seems... Rewind it. Oh, rewind it? Yeah. yeah. Rewind it. It seems so illogical to a 12-year-old now, where they could just go, and I'm watching this on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Boop. Yes. They're, well, they're missing out. Yeah. I mean, no. we were able to discover so many new films just by perusing through these, these oh, yeah. stores, for sure. The cover art alone, I mean, let's The cover honest. art was amazing. Best part. Amazing. Absolutely. Every once in a while, we'll screen an old horror film, and it's that's my association. Is like oh, I remember that poster or VHS cover. Mm-hmm. I a hundred percent. I'm in that boat. I was watching Fright Night or something oh, yeah. the other day, and I was telling my partner, "My God, I remember walking through video stores and seeing." the cover of this on VHS and the whimsy of it all. And yes, we quite enjoyed those days. Yeah. Return of the Living Dead 2 and Fright Night 2 both have really fun covers. Very similar too. Yeah. I just thought of it as you were saying that. I was like, huh, you know, that was kind of just the same thing, but like, I loved it. About the same era-ish, I believe. It's funny too, because like the famous complaint is, oh, it wasn't as good as the cover art, you know, when you finally watch it and it was a crazy thing. But by the same token, I remember ones that kind of looked boring when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't get that because it's just like a person's face or something. Or it's like, oh, it's a building. And then you see them later in life. And you're like, oh, wait, that was good. And it was just that the advertising, I guess, wasn't enticing enough or something like it. Well, know. you can't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> I know now. I, I learned that. I hadn't watched enough Gosh. Sesame Street to know that yet. So Roger Corman was notorious to be, well, we got some cars and there'll be some girls in it and <laughs> maybe some guns. And they would make up a few posters and then after maybe paint in Peter Fonda's face or something. But they would start on the publicity before they had the movie going. And they moved so fast. They would just they would just be like, it's the thing I like about that era of both of kind of B-movies and Twilight Zone and even Star Trek episodes. They would be like, okay, we have a Western set. One of your episodes this year has to be a Western. 
and they'd be like, we're a spaceship show. And they're like, figure it out. Yeah. Do it up. And you can see it. You can track it, I bet. You'd be like, oh, that Twilight Zone episode and that Star Trek episode kind of happened at the same time because they wanted to make use of that set and not tear it down. And I love the just bargain basement aspect of that era of Hollywood. Which is beautiful. It is so imaginative. And then they had to be like, we got to go to a planet with cowboys on it on Star Trek. (laughs) And there you are. No, but that that type of recycling, I'm sure that must happen. Well, I guess it's all CGI nowadays, so there (laughs) is no recycling. Sadly. Yeah, no, I, I quite enjoy doing that. As a matter of fact, in Rocky, as my reference all the time, yeah. a lot of the set pieces, as well as one of the filming locations, the castle, were all reused from the old Hammer Horror films. Mm. Oh, yeah. So there's Rocky's tank is really from Frankenstein with, what's his name? Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee, yeah. thank you. The castle was from Dracula and Frankenstein and so on and so forth. And it's just, it's fun to see all these little Easter eggs. Yeah. Yeah, I love my favorite thing in Hammer Horror that actually Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow did really well is I love the kind of fake trees. Yes. Because they didn't want to go outside. No. Because like it is right now in Ottawa, it was always gloomy and rainy. So all of their outsides were inside with decent looking trees, but still had that that hammer fakeness to it. Which is beautiful. It kind of harkens back to, you know, the old expressionist films like Caligari Mm -hmm. and Nosferatu and... It's obviously fake, but yeah, we need to suspend our disbelief for it. Yeah. And it adds to the overall style of the film. Oh, yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah, the shadows and the angles of that, especially the black and white stuff, obviously. But just Tim Burton's definitely tapped into that. And Beetlejuice as well, obviously. Of had course. Elements 100%. Of that. Yeah, I love that, obviously. We all do, or else we wouldn't be here doing this. <laughs> you know. So we got a bunch of stuff to talk about this week, so we should jump into it. We didn't even talk about Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Did we all have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, I worked on Thanksgiving because it's one of those kind of fake holidays where... What do you mean a fake holiday? Well, Well, you you pick a day that your family can all get together and eat your food, but it's not like... Set in stone. Yeah. Everyone I talked to was in the same boat where they're like, yeah, we did it on this Sunday, we're going to do it on Wednesday. And, you know, it comes from... A horrible, horrible thing. So nowadays... But don't they all, though? They all yeah, do, yeah. yes. Literally don't everything. They all... <laughs> As three white guys, we yeah, should I was talk say, about... Depending on who you are, everything <laughs> came from a terrible place. Yeah. For sure. But I mean, turkey... Well, you don't do the turkey. Pumpkin pie? <laughs> no. Tofurkey? Yeah. For, for a vegan, both Thanksgiving and the holidays are not bad. Because really, you take meat out of the equation, and you still got... Pumpkin pie. Yeah, potatoes. Uh, potatoes. Cranberries. cranberries stuffing. Green beans. All that stuff. So <laughs> sure. it's... And then tofurkey, I actually like. So good. We yeah, it tofurkey. can be very good. I imagine... I don't know. I always ponder what it was like to be a vegan in 1963, and that was not the it same thing. It was very <laughs> far out. Yeah. It would have been like... Because a... now you walk into <laughs> any grocery store, and you can get Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Yes. And you couldn't do that back then. we've come leaps and bounds for sure and the stuffing the vegan stuffing is like as good arguably now I mean I suppose depends on the person you ask stuffing is maybe my favorite food and every time I have it I go why don't I eat this all the time it's not that difficult to make I was I, I had the exact same thought whilst celebrating Thanksgiving yeah this is amazing why isn't it more prevalent the entire year round for those of you who eat meat there's nothing in the rule books that says you can't eat a turkey in july but no most of us just do that it makes twice a year but it makes it that much more special i guess are turkeys like three times the price out of season or cheaper because they're trying to get rid of them 
I don't know. I think it, it could swing both ways depending where you're getting them. Yeah, yeah, like where do you get them on off months? Like I don't even. I, don't, I think you can get them pretty much anywhere. Just really, like the grocery store, just yeah. year round has turkey. Yeah, like I don't. I've, like, I've never I'm, noticed like, that. The, the metro near yeah. our place has them. Okay, like not that I'm looking. I'm not. I've never actually. I've never made. Well, a then turkey. what are you talking about, Eric? <laughs> oh no, I'm low. I mean, well, uh, uh, listen. There's a lot of turkey related stuff going on right here. Of course. I don't do that. I did have back to back turkeys Saturday Sunday. There was did you like, have a problem trying to find them? Well, no, because they were just at they my in-laws' season. house. Okay, so fair. It was much easier. She cooked it up. It was, uh, yeah, my sister-in-law's first turkey. It was very good. And nice. then, even if it hadn't been, the next day, my sister made turkey, which was not her first turkey rodeo. And it was very good, you know? So, but although, lastly on that, so she gave me, uh, customarily, you know, you get the leftovers, you know? Yes. To make yourself a nice couple sandwiches, whatever. And so I went this morning. You know, there was a little bit of everything and the whatnot, although the vegan stuffing got quite close to the turkey. And my oh, no. wife was not super stoked on that, but... But I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Anyway. Mm -hmm. And so th then for the turkey separate, I was like, well, there was a yogurt container, an empty yogurt container. So I was like, I'll put it in there, put it back in the fridge. And then when I come to leave, I grabbed what I assumed was the leftovers. Uh oh. This morning I go to make a couple of turkey wraps. I grabbed the yogurt container, which was full of yogurt. And I stole my sister's yogurt and left my turkey in her fridge. That's so unfortunate. Yeah, but she had put a little bit of turkey in the other container. So I did, I had okay. enough to make one good wrap. Oh. And my wife was like, oh, you must be upset. And I was like, well, not really. Like, I mean, I did have turkey two days, well, three days now. So I'm like, I'm, I'm good. Yes, but part of the fun is the leftovers. I know. But just uh. the comedy for me was like, I opened it up. I was like, this is strawberry yogurt. And that's Damn. about the end of that chapter. So, yeah. You'll have to remember that for next year. I know. Never again. No. But anyway, movies. Movies. Wait, wait. One more turkey story. Oh, boy. In New York City... We were down there a couple years back for the Macy's Parade. Yes. Oh, is, you saw the Macy's oh, Parade. It's so good. It's oh my God, so it's on fun. my bucket list. Wait, at what time did you get out on the street waiting for the parade? Relatively early, but not like four in the morning. We got out there at eight in the morning, I think. Okay, so you didn't have to like diaper yourself up or anything. No, but okay. there were people out there <laughs> who anyway. were like, yes. out there. Yes. But we got, I can't remember the name of the place. I'm sorry. But it was a leftover vegan turkey sub sandwich cool wow. with tofurkey stuffing cranberries mm -hmm. and it was the best thing i've ever had in my life it was so good that's fantastic so i always like doing that making like leftover turkey sandwiches out of the tofurkey but oh it was so good i'm so jealous though that you got to see that you parade. should go you how should long go. when did you go we went twice what yeah so this was in the before times all a blur but about five and seven years ago or something like that uh, once we went, it was right on the south end of the park. Yes. And so we were facing north. So we got it just as it was coming around the corner. And once we were a bit more further down. But it's super fun. And when it's done, there's this pretty long pause where the streets are still all cordoned off. yes. And you can get these apocalyptic pictures. Because oh, I can imagine. It's like noon in New York City, but there's nobody there's there. There's no one. But yeah, super, one of those like costs you money because you got to go get a hotel and stuff. Yeah. But you multitask it, you go see some shows, you do whatever. For sure. But one of the great free things you can do when you're standing there and the Sesame Street float goes by and there's Big Bird and Bert and Ernie and they're singing. It's just 100% suspension of disbelief. I oh, so good. would <laughs> lose it. Yeah. Lose it. I have to check it out. But good on the sub though. Yeah. And everyone was really nice and... I have not been post-COVID, because pre-COVID, you are shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder breathing on each other for four hours or whatever. I mean, that's probably how it is still. How would you not? Yeah. And there's people in the building behind us. So imagine living in a 
building that faces Central Park and getting to sit on your balcony and watch the parade. Can you imagine what rent must be like? And I just wanted to be like, who are you and how did you do this? And I bet you it was like, she's a doctor and he's a big shot professor. And they live in that two bedroom apartment the same way that Gwen and I live in a two bedroom apartment. Yes, probably. But it's just, they pay, I don't even know. It must be outrageous. $10,000 a month? It's probably best not to know. Oh, geez. It's probably best not to know, but, but yeah. Yeah, but you look over your shoulder and you're like, wow, look at those rich New Yorkers. Bastards. Yeah. Bastards. Well... <laughs> But it was cool. Well, that's fantastic. I'm really quite, yeah, you should do it quite jealous. Day. Absolutely. Okay, so now, now that we've gotten turkeys out of the way. There's probably at least one more turkey story coming, but <laughs> yeah. anyway, for now. Let us chat about the movies coming the week of Friday, October 13th. So because it's Friday, October 13th, let's jump right into it. Our ongoing six-year Friday the 13th fest continues with Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. The best one. Amazing. You've is been it the doing best one? it? Everyone it is. says it's the best one. It's the best one. But not that I'm going to be like, if but someone else said something else, about, I'm not going to be like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you know. The best one is whatever anyone thinks the best one is, but actually it's the sixth one. So, yeah. <laughs> so is it the sixth because it's started on first Friday the 13th with the first one? Second, exactly. And, okay. okay. And speaking of the before times, the first one happened on Friday, March 13th, 2020. And we closed for COVID on Sunday, March 15th, 2020. So we just snuck that one in. But that wasn't six years ago. Yeah, no, no I was no, going to no. say it will be is... six years once uh, we get there. We're, half, we're at the halfway point. I see. We got, I was okay. confused. We got six too. movies left. Yeah, so it's every Friday the 13th, not every year. There yeah, might be. Is there one year where there isn't a Friday the 13th? No, I think it's at least once a year. Okay. And then I think in 2026, we really go out with a bang because there's, like there's three? three. Yeah, yeah. Holy God. And it's, it's in February and June and December or something like that. Oh, that's great. But it's fun. This weird fest. I'm just saying that we're the first cinema who has ever done this because I've looked it up and I couldn't find any evidence of anyone ever doing this before. Well, that's ridiculous. And, and we want the credit also. And we want the credit. We're just saying. Of course. <laughs> and my biggest fear during COVID was that we were going to miss our run. And somehow we did not. Every time there was one in between, the couple times during COVID, it was a time that we were back. But what a different time that first one. What we've been through yeah. in the last three four years a hundred percent the first friday the 13th it was the news was out there stuff was happening and there was a guy who kept coughing in the audience <laughs> and not bad but just every 20 minutes it would be a, a good cough and you could feel the cringe the aura the cringe yes. in the theater of people just leaning away from that yes. i don't know what we'll do when we finish do we, we start just start again? again of course yeah just start but over. how many are there 12 oh you're yeah. good the yeah. other question is... Are you counting Freddy versus Jason? I was yes. wondering yes. if you were okay. going to ask yes. that, yeah. Is, will there be a 13th? Because the 12th one was the reboot one that didn't go so well, and the reason why that didn't reboot the franchise is they just did it. And they did the same thing with Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. Both of them haven't had a movie in ages. That was 14 years ago. Like, wow. 2009 that was... 14 was years ago? 2009. Are you kidding me? I it's wish. so long Holy. without a Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. It's probably better off. We're okay with 12. Yeah, okay and there's plenty you, oh, of other... Come on, we need yeah. a 13. You know we need a 13. <laughs> oh, I guess, yeah. It's yeah. Friday the guess, 13th. Yeah, fine, fine. See, it's not <laughs> the same franchise as Nightmare on Elm Street because pretend that Freddy was in a franchise called Friday the 13th and they were one away and we were in this era of legacy movies yes. of Michael Keaton coming back to Batman, of Mark Hamill coming back to Luke Skywalker, etc. That would be a thing. Get Robert Englund back one more time to play Freddy. 
Jason's not quite the same thing because there's been a whole bunch of different Jasons under that mask. But you're still at number 13, you though. Gotta so you got to do it. It has to be sure. a big, epic Friday the 13th. They're doing a TV show now yeah. from the creators of the Hannibal TV show. Okay. And it's under wraps. Like, we don't know what it's going to be about. It might not even have Jason in it. it well, be... it will. Jason. They have access to everything. Oh, do they? So okay. that was hilariously, like, when they first announced it, there was all these guys who were like, well, they, they're not allowed to have Jason. They're not allowed to have this. They can't have this or that. And, and then the guy came out and was like, we can have literally everything. Yeah. And it's because it's the difference between TV rights and movie rights. Oh. And so, like, they made a deal with everyone involved with rights and stuff. But for the movie, that's why we haven't had a movie in so long, because it's just different. It's, I don't know. It's really dumb to laymen like us, you know, because you're just like, the money's there on the table and everyone's being stupid. And just like, maybe you won't get as much as you think you deserve, but isn't anything better than nothing? Well, that's why the last batch of movies, there was Freddy versus Jason, Jason X, because they couldn't use the Friday the 13th banner on the movies because there was fights over who owned it. Interesting. Yeah. So that weird little distinction of you've still got a guy in a hockey mask killing people. But it's but you called can't call Freddy it... versus Jason. Yeah, uh... and then the reboot could call it that because it was different people than were the New Line people. So it wasn't like the same company making it. It was so complicated. So sad. Yeah, it's so, so sad. It's oh, too... wow. I'm pretty sure it was a Michael Bay production, actually, the reboot. Probably the, Like fault. Platinum Dunes, I think it was him. <laughs> so, which is what, actually, I mean, they were pretty good. Like, yeah. I mean, that one, it was fine. The Texas Chainsaw remake was pretty good as, yeah. as yeah. these things go. So yeah, so a Friday the 13th movie on Friday the 13th, always fun. Then I'll mention because we got a bunch of other Halloween-themed stuff, but our grown-up movies this week, because, you know, we got to put something out there for the people who are too wussy to come see horror movies. Boo! Yeah. But, uh, no, no, these people are fine. We have Flora and Son, which is a mother-son musical movie from the director of Once and Sing Street. Very popular indie films. I especially really love Sing Street, which is just about a bunch of dummy high school kids trying to be cool and make music and music videos. Yeah, I remember that. Really good movie. And then we are bringing back Barbie and Oppenheimer. And yes, there will be a couple <laughs> days where you can do the Barbenheimer. Amazing. I dare people to do it. That's a Amazing. long day, but that's worth it. I like it when we bring back movies because I have seen both these movies now. They both live up to the hype in their own ways. Certainly. Oppenheimer, the biggest compliment I can give it is that it did not feel like three hours. It just whizzed by. It was by. three hours? It was three hours. Holy gosh. Barbie, it knocked me out. Like, it was one of those movies, when it ended, I was just like... All the cliches, like it made you laugh, it made you cry, it had a big musical number in it. It had a few big musical numbers yeah, in it. And yes. I was just so impressed. I wasn't too shocked because I've been a big fan of Greta Gerwig for a long time. Sure. And I don't think she would have done it if she didn't have a good idea. I think she would have just passed on the offer. Ryan Gosling's amazing in it. I I hope and pray that they get him to sing his big Ken song at the Oscars. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. He better get an yeah. Oscar nomination. I want it to get an Oscar nomination for best song. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I just... It was a very good movie. I really liked it. I was it. super surprised about the crazy backlash it got. Yeah, mostly I, from horrible people. Yes, I know, but <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to be that much of a scandalous movie. Yeah. It's Barbie for crying. Anyways. What I like... And I don't know the story behind this, and this isn't a spoiler at all, but it looks at Barbie from a modern lens and is produced by Mattel. And because it's this weird meta movie, Mattel is in the movie, like the, the Will <laughs> yes. Ferrell character. And it really points out flaws in the toy industry, in any industry run by men. And they really kind of took the bullet and were like, yep, that's happened. 
And that they allowed that to go through the process, I thought, was very impressive on their part. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's it was a very clever way of approaching it. Yeah. And also pointing out the flaws of Barbie and the various scandals that have occurred in her history yeah. are also mentioned throughout the flick. And also, I like how it was also aimed not necessarily at children. Yeah. yeah it, was, it really gave you uh, food for thought. It assumed that the audience had a brain, basically. Yes. Which was nice. Yes. Totally. Loved it. I haven't talked to a kid yet because this has had the most kids to the Mayfair, besides for cartoons, in a long time. I think a six-year-old could watch it and not be turned off by any of the kind of more, like, existential moments. Yeah. Oh, it would... Yeah. Because... Ryan Gosling and Will Ferrell are big and dumb and funny. Yeah. And the yes. sets are really colorful yeah. and stuff, you know. For sure. Kids aren't getting the references to 2001 yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah, and it's funny. My nieces were saying they at their school they had a Barbie Oppenheimer day where you could dress as either characters Weird, from either movie. Cool. Which is totally <laughs> random. And it was like it's got art school, I think, so it made some sense. And so then they were going around and... I don't remember what they said. They were yelling stuff at the people dressed as Barbies. I mean, like, supportive, fun stuff. I don't know. It sounded better when she said it. But yeah. anyway, and so then I guess there was one. It was a guy that they thought was Ken, but he was actually Alan, hilariously. And That's so they were so like, funny. oh, hey, Ken. And he's like, I'm Alan. And I was like, well, actually, isn't that better? Like, in the movie, that literally happens. Yes. And then I was like, oh, you miskendered him. Oh, and I was like, and I was like, I came up with that last night at Thanksgiving, and I was like, look, I should probably just leave now. I'm not going to come up with a better remark than that. So I'm a genius. That's cute. Yeah, that's so very. Feel cute. free to use that, anybody. So then, for Halloween month, we also have Carrie this week, mm. the Brian De Palma, mm. Stephen King classic, which the poster spoils the ending. <laughs> because on the poster, it's Carrie in a prom dress, smiling, and Carrie covered in pig's blood right beside her. And that's like the 1970s poster. Also, it's like, that's all anybody knows from the movie, too. I guess. Like, yeah. I mean, if you were to just look at it out of context, you wouldn't know necessarily the relation between the two. And I guess back in the 70s, Stephen King was not Stephen King yet. No. And if they had just put the nice thing on the poster, it would have looked like <laughs> just a romantic high school dramedy. Which would have also been a good <laughs> what idea. What is the yeah. nice so, thing, yes. though? Like, just what? her smiling and holding the picture. Her prom picture. Because she gets, she know get, I mean... Don't want to spoil the movie, but it, well, goes, they already it goes well for a while. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, a couple minutes. For a very I mean, Travolta short while. tried to be nice, you know? Yeah. I don't know. We're getting harder into spoilers now. But the point is, they don't really mention him all that much. It's funny to remember that he's in that movie. I always forget that oh, he yeah. is. Yeah. Right? I always forget. Well, that was right before Grease and Saturday Night Fever, though, right? Yes. Like, that's when he was just doing Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah. Oh, geez. True. Which he was still famous for for that. And but... then later, Hairspray, Yay. which is now a hit <laughs> yes. Broadway show. Yay. Wow. Look at you bringing it all around. <laughs> yeah, right? Then we have Saturday Morning All-You-Can-Eat Cereal Cartoon Party, Whoa. Volume 29, Oh. Halloween edition. Nice. Damn, that's a that's a big title. You had to yeah. Say nice. So it's all Halloween specials and cartoons. I do not know the program, but in the past, it's all either yeah Halloween specials or just Halloween theme stuff of your favorite Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, sure. that, or it's just like ones that happen to have like a monster in them or something. Like yeah. where you're just like, oh, this counts as literally any Scooby Doo episode. Basically, yeah, you're like, that's, that's Halloween. Sure <laughs> it counts for sure. And then finally, we are bringing back, on the same day, our second encore and possibly final screening of Cade the Tortured Crossing. Oh, boy. From Neil Breen. This movie is so hard to explain to people. <laughs> it's a under the banner of So Bad It's Good, much like The Room. Yes. But it, it's good. Neil it's, Breen, much yeah. like Tommy, thinks that it's a masterpiece. 
Which it is. We're enabling him because <laughs> people keep on going on IMDb, so it has a rating of 8 out of 10 on IMDb. It's fans like it. Yeah. He's enabling us, too, if yes. you really think about it. We couldn't do this without him. Well, it's so. a vicious circle. Right? Yes. And then we can't get out of it because we like the money. So. Yeah. <laughs> like... Well, we also like the films. I know, well, that, too. I mean, yes. And there's something to watch with a crowd. Like, Oh, yeah. No, you it's almost hilarious. have to. Yeah. I heard somebody, second movie in a row. This happened at, what was the last one? Faithful Findings? Uh, Twisted Pair. Twisted Pair. Faithful Findings yes. was like eight years ago, John. Oh, my Come God. On. I heard somebody not angrily, not trying to say it to the crowd. <laughs> Just kind of go, what is happening? Oh, yes. <laughs> like, oh, yes. Throughout that of, movie, especially yeah. the newest one, there was part. I mean, and it's green. Like, I mean, I've seen all his movies, and yet every time there's at least one part in his movies where you're like, what's going on? Like, I don't. What do you mean, at least one part? <laughs> at least, like, many parts. I'm trying to be nice. Okay. I'm fair. being diplomatic, you know, but throughout all of his movies, all the time, there is stuff that you're confused by. But in yeah. the crowd, yes. there's some sort of. It's like a, almost like a group, I don't know, psychosis or something. Like, you just all get caught in. Well, somebody asked me if I thought he was faking and putting on a character. And I was like, if he is, it's the most impressive... Like Andy Kaufman-esque thing? Yeah, like like it's better than anything Andy Kaufman ever did. (laughs) Because we've dealt with him just, you know, Lee talking with him on the phone or getting a letter from him. And and I'm like, no, he's real. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And more impressive than Tommy, he's made half a dozen movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whereas Tommy just recently finally did his second after 20 years... So he keeps making these things. Yeah. And, and then that's coming to eventually, but that's a whole other yeah, yeah. world. So yeah. So if you haven't seen it, come see it just in case, because the way Neil Breen works is he does these little one night only screenings. He's like the Disney vault, basically. And it vaults it. Yeah. yeah. So that we had it three times is it's huge. There might not be a fourth and that's not on us. Like sometimes people are like, oh, Mayfair, why are you only showing it one night? And we're like, that's not our fault. Nope. Yeah, he never guarantees two nights, to my knowledge. And it can't be a midnight show because it could only screen in the nine-ish time slot Mm -hmm. because he puts his foot down that it is not a midnight movie. Nope. And I I do like that it's cartoons in the morning and then Cade at night, you know? Yeah, stay all day. Yeah. Good stuff in the middle, I'm sure, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to look now. Yeah, what is that day? Is it is a Barbenheimer day? Because that would be an insane if you did all four of those. I don't think it is because Oppenheimer is three too hours long, right? yeah. and that screws things up. It is cartoons. Oh, geez. Cartoons, Flora and Son. Okay. Oppenheimer, Cade. Okay. That's okay. a good day. Dang. Oppenheimer, Cade, back to back is hilarious. It's yeah. great. Very similar films. So you, Very. Can, you can feel <laughs> sad about the state that the world is going to die. And then watch Cade. Yeah. For sure. No, no. That's, man. Perfect. That is a lot. That is the best five hours you could spend <laughs> in a cinema. It's pretty hardcore. <laughs> okay. So that's it for the week of Friday, October 13th. We're going to wrap things up. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find more information at mayfairtheater.ca and on all the social medias. And thank you, Sam, for joining us. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. And not that it needs a plug because the ticket sales are through the roof, but everyone come see Rocky Horror during the Halloween season here at the Mayfair. And throughout the year. And throughout the year. Yes. Yes. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Goblin and Suspiria, which did happen after. Oh, my God. We didn't even talk about Goblin. I know. We'll do that next time. This counts as that. It was amazing. They thought the nightmare was dead and buried. They were wrong. Jason lives. Happy Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, part six. 
Jason lives. Rated R. Starts Friday, August 1st at a theater near you.